1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Our good friend, Dr. Mark Turman with the Denison Forum is joining us here right now. And Mark, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day because we're focusing on Kansas City. We're focusing on San Francisco, but we're going to like not look at the football franchise. We're going to look at one of the cities and how it's kind of taken a turn. And some of the stats that uh, your associate Jim Denison wrote about are really disheartening. Yeah, it's just uh, disturbing. And, you know, and the focus of the Super Bowl really creates a contrast, right? We see so much celebration around the teams and rightly so uh, athletes and organizations performing at such a high level. And then what Dr. Dennison writes about, uh, even the title of this is just disturbing, that there are more drug addicts uh, in San Francisco now than there are high school students. And it's just astounding to try to even wrap your brain around that. How could a city of such great notoriety, such beauty, uh, such history, how could a city like that get to a place like that? Yeah, just hearing that, that actual statistic uh, causes anybody to just turn around and say, what in the world is going on? And even the San Francisco Chronicle said San Francisco street horror only grows as drug overdose numbers spike. What is causing this? What is happening? Well, I think this is a, a really powerful example of of bad ideas. Um, one of our friends of our ministry, John Stone Street at the Colson Center, likes to say that ideas have consequences and bad ideas have victims. And what we're seeing in San Francisco right now is a, a, a display of that on a big scale uh, where activists have convinced policymakers to have a very lenient uh, approach to drug use. Uh, they've act, uh, aggressively pursued an idea called body autonomy, that every individual has the right to put into their body, into their veins, their lungs, whatever they want to put in uh, without restriction, as if doing so would have no consequences not only to them, but to the community around them. And we're seeing that that's absolutely not the case. The uh, amount of drug overdose and drug death has, has more than doubled the national average. And uh, those who have tried to advocate for a policy of, quote unquote, less harm have actually done the opposite. And uh, they've pressured policymakers into making decisions that have have led to this kind of destruction on a large scale. Wow. You're hearing from Dr. Mark Turman with with the uh, with the Denison Forum. Uh, Truly, I'm just in shock uh, about this, just the headline itself, but then watching it uh, kind of played out where in, in 
in halls where they make decisions like this, Mark, you know, it just seems like, yeah, this will be a great idea. But when it actually, you actually see what's happening, there's got to be something that we can do besides pray, you know, uh, in order to affect change that can really um, take the city and make it turn. And then how can we take a look at this as a possible cautionary tale for cities like ours here in Chattanooga? We're seeing something like this on the rise as well. How do we combat that? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of challenge in that. Um, make It does make me think, however, of uh, I think Oswald Chambers said on one occasion that when we see something like this, our first response should not be to criticize, but to intercede. Mm-hmm. And especially in a world like we live in today, you know, there would have not been that long ago where uh, people in Dallas, where I am, or Chattanooga, where you are, we would have known little or anything about this kind of situation. But technology and news being what it is, we can know what's going on in so many different parts of the world. Uh, our first reaction is often to criticize. I know it's uh, oftentimes mine, uh, but our first one should be to intercede. Uh, obviously, we should, uh, you know, we were talking about this with someone else just the other day. How could we as Christians and as churches, how could we reach out to churches in San Francisco and partner with them mm. to become servants with them? to try to help meet this need and to go to these people and to try to not only uh, help them physically and emotionally and in, 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 uh, in every way that we can, but how could we serve them spiritually? Uh, there are some great churches in San Francisco. I've known some people that went and planted churches in some of the most uh, broken parts of San Francisco. How could we reach out to them and become partners with them in the ministry that God would want them and us to be a part of? Talking to Mark Terman of the Denison Forum. I love what you're talking about partnering, us having that mindset that this is an opportunity for the body of Christ to go into the world and into a post, very post-Christian world where those ideas are being espoused that uh, it's fine. Put whatever drug you want into it. It's just about you, but it's about all of us. And um, this could be a missions trip for a church. This could be something that helps us, as uh, Tom was mentioning, look at our own cities and make sure this doesn't happen here, that we start putting Mm -hmm. down those policies and helps to people um, even ahead of time. Those situations that cause people to even use drugs in the first place, how can we intervene there? Uh, So these are the things I think we can all continue talking about and thinking about in the world that we find ourselves in. Yeah, absolutely. And Mark, I hear those terms. They're 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 tossed about a lot. This post-Christian society that we're in, post-truth relativism, but um, it seems like not just being able to address the issue, which is true, right? There is an issue that needs to be addressed, but there's something undergirding all of that that we need to somehow ground ourselves once again in something where we can find sure footing because right now there is no footing for a world that's struggling and slipping down this slope. How can we get um, people to, to start looking at truth as if it were truth, not just my truth or your truth? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, at the core of this problem is exactly what you're talking about, this idea that there is no such thing, no such thing as objective truth, uh, kind of the conversation that Jesus had with Pilate when he was on trial, uh, and Pilate says, well, what is truth, uh, as if there is no such thing. Uh, coming back to that, and then I, I think first and foremost, manifesting that in our own life in a powerful and clear way that 
people would see in our lives day by day as we interact with them that we are focused on the person of Christ. We're anchored in the truth that is revealed in the Bible, and we're letting it, we're cooperating with God to let it transform us first. And then as God does that, uh, we walk with him in humility, we walk with him in truth and in love, and then out of that, God makes us salt and light. And uh, our one of our goals at the, or the goal that we have at Denison Forum is to help people to think biblically, to, to live in a obedient and holy way, and then to act redemptively, to be a part of what God is trying to do, to bring about human flourishing, as well as his own glory in the world. So it really starts with us in our own pursuit of God and allowing God to, to make us an example of how uh, his love and grace and his truth can change people. Mm, very well said. Yeah, thank you so much for that. You're hearing from Mark Terman with the Denison Forum. And um, our mutual friend, Jim Denison, is, uh, he said this several times on our air, and I just wanted to share it again because we're praying for revival. We want to see God really move mm. in different ways. And Jim said, if you want to see revival happen, here's what you do. You sit in the in the, in the, on the floor, draw a circle around yourself and pray until everything in that circle has been redeemed. And then, and only then can we then have what we need to really see revival come into our land. Yeah, exactly. The idea that you can't take people where you haven't been. And, um, that, that's a great story from, uh, the revivalist Gypsy Smith and that it really, that, that awakening that we long to see has to start with us. Uh, a new friend of mine heard a quote from her that really has just stayed with me the last uh, week or so since uh, I heard her say it, which is, Lord, make me the answer to somebody's prayer today. Mm. How can I become your answer to somebody's prayer? Um, and that just that idea uh, captures, I think, the spirit and the intent of, Lord, uh, I want to act redemptively. I just I don't want to be a critic, I, and I certainly don't want to become despairing or despondent because I see how broken the world is. I want to focus on who you are. I want to focus on the hope that you have given us that people can change and they can be redeemed, even from really deep brokenness like we've been talking about today in terms of drug use and other kinds of things. If if we if we give up on that idea, then we have no gospel. We have no good news to share with anybody. Uh, but the great news of Easter that's coming, that we celebrate every spring, is that there really is life in Christ, and it is abundant life. <laughs> 